Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And this is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly for March 16th, 2023. And this is my episode number 44. Here I look around the internet for news on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics. As always, I have my AI buddies or AI crew with me, and it's nice to welcome Kayla, who's going to start us off with the Oscars from Deadline.com. Thanks, Tony. We start with the Oscar winner's acceptance speech highlights. Dan Kwan, one of everything, everywhere, all at once co-directors made a worthy point. He said, I think we're in a mental health crisis right now. Especially the younger generation, they don't have much to look forward to. When you talk to students these days, there's a bleakness that kind of is all-pervasive. He admitted he has had a lot of dark times in his own youth, one of the best superpowers he's had in dealing with his personal challenges is the ability to talk about his experiences through his art. I think the radical transformative power of joy and absurdity and chasing your bliss is something that I want to bring to people who are like me when I was that age. This movie is a shotgun blast of joy and absurdity and creativity. And I really hope that the next generation can watch a movie like ours and just be like, oh, because there is another way to look at the bleakness and another way to face it head on. Very moving to hear about dealing with mental illness. There's such a stigma to that. It's really misunderstood in a lot of ways. He addressed that really well. Let's take a break. There's more Sci-Fi Talk Weekly in a moment. And here's more with the Oscars with Axel to start us off. Thanks, Tony. Michelle Yeoh, winner Best Actress from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This is actually an historical moment, so I really have to thank the Academy for acknowledging and embracing diversity and true representation. This is something we have been working so hard towards for a very long time. I'm still here today. Finally, after 40 years, I get this. It just goes to show we will win. That's what we're doing. Don't give up, because once you give up, that's a loss. Don't let anybody put you in a box. Don't let anybody say you are past your prime. This is Penelope reporting with more from Deadline on Best Actor, Brendan Fraser's moving acceptance speech. Charlie is so much more than just a gay man. He's a father, he's an educator, he's a truth seeker, and the fact that he fell hopelessly, and, inconveniently in love, with whomever is immaterial. He's someone who found love, lost it, and found it again. I think that's something we can all take a page from. With perseverance, if you put one foot in front of the other, like Charlie did, go to the light, believe me, if I can do it, you can do it too, good things will happen. Deadline has more with Kiwan Kwan's acceptance for winning Best Supporting Oscar. This is Andrew reporting. My mom is 84 years old and she is at home watching. Mom, I just won an Oscar. My journey started on a boat. I spent a year in a refugee camp and somehow I ended up here on Hollywood's biggest stage. They say stories like this only happen in the movies. I cannot believe it is happening to me. This, this is the American dream. 
I owe everything to the love of my life, Echo, who month after month, year after year for 20 years, told me that one day my time would come. Dreams are something you have to believe in. I almost gave up on mine. To all of you out there, please keep your dreams alive. Another moving moment backstage with Best Supporting Actor winner, Jamie Lee Curtis. I would like to see a lot more women be nominated so that there's gender parity in all the areas, in all the branches. And I think we're getting there. We're not anywhere near there, and of course inclusivity then involves the bigger question which is, how do you include everyone when there are binary choices? Which is very difficult. As the mother of a trans daughter, I completely understand that. And yet to degender the categories, also, I'm concerned will diminish the opportunities for more women, which is something I also have been working hard to try to promote, in closing, the importance of inclusivity generally, and of including women specifically, both in the awards race and society at large, basically just more women anywhere, anytime. Thank you for all that. You know, a very moving Oscar with diversity starting to show up more. We need more of that. Let's take a break. And then we'll have more of Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, episode 44. Variety reports that Michael Shannon was baffled by returning to play General Zod in The Flash. I was a little confused, Shannon said. As memory serves me, I think I died in Man of Steel. Are they sure they got the right guy? But then they explained to me the whole multiverse phenomena, which I was a little behind the times on that. I can't say that I'm a huge consumer of this genre of films. Not that I have anything against him. If I'm going to watch a movie, the odds are it's not going to be one of those. But I sure love making them. Deadline has a story with KT Sackhoff talking playing Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian. She said, this is a person who has fought, fought against her own people. She's fought forever, and she realizes that doesn't work. You can't continue to fight amongst yourselves. And I think with Din, I don't know if I'll go as far to say that she respects and trusts him, but she doesn't not. He's done nothing. If he didn't have the dark saber, he's done nothing that would make him her enemy. I think that's her problem, is that she realizes she's not going to fight her people anymore. She's not going to fight someone she doesn't have a reason to fight. Every single possibility, every place that she's at right now, Every direction she's done before didn't work before. That's what she's trying to figure out. Deadline reviews Scream 6. What is left of the old Woodsboro gang is back together, but this time leaving the horrific memories of battling the masked evil of Ghostface in return for college and a new life in New York City. They should have known better. Ghostface, who looks a little more weathered this time, as well as he or she, since the producers have decided to really increase not just the number of violent stabbings, but also the variety and intensity of them, even employing assault rifles for use in this one memorable sequence. There's more at Deadline.com. We're going to finish things off with some mini-stories with my AI crew. From Variety, The Punisher is back. John Bernthal is returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the gun-toting vigilante for the upcoming Disney Plus series, Daredevil, Born Again. This is Grace reporting. This is James. 
Tor.com has the books to read in March. Hospital by Hand Song from Amazon Crossing. Quantum Radio by A.G. Riddle from Head of Zeus. The Transcendent, Cosmic Number 2 by Nadia Afi from Flame Tree Press. This Coming Week has. The Strange by Nathan Ballingrad from Saga. Loki's Ring by Steiner Light also from Saga. More at Tor.com. From Deadline, this is Mirai reporting. George R. R. Martin admitted that he wasn't all that impressed with the dragons in Game of Thrones. They were like all the same, he admitted Tuesday at an FIC event for HBO. But the fire breathers he saw in the House of the Dragon were truly next level. They had personality, he continued. They came alive. It came as great satisfaction to me. So this little tidbit shared by Shorana Ryan Condal should keep a spring in Martin's step. There will be five new dragons in season two, which is expected to begin production shortly. From Deadline, this is Olivia reporting. Josh Hutcherson of the Hunger Games franchise has signed on to star in the sci-fi action thriller The Last Ticket to be directed by Santiago Mainz Moreno from his own script. From Variety, this is Christian reporting. The Last of Us has become the most viewed title ever on home box office subscription streaming service in Europe. Warner Brothers Discovery announced on Tuesday that the first season of the nine-episode apocalyptic drama has smashed home box office European viewer ratings. Lastly from Variety, this is Klaus reporting. Based on the deafening cheers that shook the walls of the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas on Monday, the South by Southwest Film Festival premiere of John Wick, Shopta Fia, was a rousing success in tots before the film had even started. All it took was star Keanu Reeves to step on stage at the behest of director Chad Stahelski for the 1,000-plus audience to erupt in unbridled enthusiasm. That fervor never waned throughout the film's epic two-hour and 49-minute runtime, with booming ovations following the prodigious action sequences in Osaka, Berlin and Paris, and vocal gasps after several major twists. Thanks, all. So before Larry Cartarelli's theme music, Kayla, what are you looking forward to from all that we covered here? Well, I love dragons. Oh? You'd be surprised on what I like. Horror of any kind scares me, so The Last of Us and Scream 6 are out. Okay, nothing scary. Really? What else? Star Wars, I like but, I have to go with John Wick 4. Keanu Reeves is sexy. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Thanks for joining me, Kayla. Take us out. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for listening for Episode 44 of Sci-Fi Talk Weekly for March 16, 2023. For Tony Tolado, this is Kayla.